Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. It is time for us, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher, hanging out the golf cave, Timbergate Golf Course, Edinburgh, Indiana. Been a long summer, man, but it's winding down. It is. You know what? It's officially fall. The rain feels colder. <laughs> That's what I'm finding out right now. Right? <laughs> used to get out in the summertime, you were sweating your face off, you know, your lips are boiling, and, and all of a sudden the rain comes and you stand there and it goes, ah. <laughs> and it helped. Yeah. In the last couple of weeks, I've been standing outside getting rained on going, where's my coat? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bundle my up. Get my coat. It's a little chilly now. Two golf courses in the area here both of whom are owned by the city in which they're built. And one has done it right and one has not done it right, I think. Both of them overseeded in the past two weeks. Aerated the fairways and, and just overseeded, getting ready for you know the winter to come in. And then so next year, the grass will grow in fuller and greener, quicker, yeah. all that. One of the courses shut down for two weeks. Just said, no, we're seeding. We don't want anybody out here. We don't want anybody messing up the fairways. We don't want any divots. We don't want any of the seed gone. It's closed. Don't step on it. Don't walk on it. Stay home. And the other one simply okay. posted a sign that said, no carts in the fairway, which was a pain yeah. in the butt because just something mentally about that. Every time you, you get the cart path on the right, you know your shot's going to the left. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you are saying that you don't want to exercise even just by strolling from the cart with a club in your hand because we know you're not taking two or three because you've already pre-decided <laughs> – the club that is necessary for the shot to succeed. Yeah. All the way over on the cart path. Yeah. I know. So yeah. you don't even want that exercise carrying more than one club. And yeah. you don't want the exercise of strolling yeah. to the other side, huh? Yeah. Is that, is that the deal? If I wanted to exercise, I wouldn't play golf. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I yeah. was just pointing okay. out. Fair enough. That one course, one city bit the bullet, took the hit. And said, no, let's do it right. And the other one said, uh, we're going to overseed, but, you know, we'll we just. We like money, so. Yeah, um, we'll do it the other way. I just wanted to, I just wanted to say fail. a shout out to the guys who did it right. Thank you very much. And I hope you open up again soon because you're just a mile away from my house and I play there a lot. We've got a lot more to talk about. We're going to talk about weight of clubs. We're going to talk about spin, how to get it, how to use it, when to need it, et cetera, et cetera. All when we come right back. Hang out. We are those weekend golf guys. Is there anything better than sweating out a win in the fourth quarter and coming away with cash in your pocket? Well, at my bookie, there is. Make your first deposit and receive double your money before ever placing a bet with my bookie. That's a dollar for dollar match on whatever you throw down up to a thousand bucks. And you can use that extra scratch to get in on all the biggest games of the week, including tonight's matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, with two of the most explosive offenses in the NFL going toe to toe, you know the over is going to be a great bet. 
And as if you needed another reason to head to mybookie.ag to celebrate the start of the MLB playoffs, mybookie is hosting a $20,000 blackjack tournament that is absolutely free to enter. Winning season is here, so get in the game and get to mybookie.ag now. That's mybookie.ag, not .com, not .net. Use the promo code GOLFGUYS to get your double deposit bonus. That's promo code GOLFGUYS with no spaces, and you can double your funds to double your winning. Bet anything, anytime. Time anywhere with my bookie. And we promised we'd be back, and voila, here we are. Those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here, Jeff Smith, Golf Cave, Timbergate, Edinburgh, Indiana. Yeah. I have a question. Is it possible that having different clubs from different manufacturers or even from the same manufacturer but with different specifications, specific specification being weight? Can that mess you up? Sure it can. Let's give an example. You've got, say, steel-shafted irons Mm -hmm. and a graphite-shafted hybrid and three-wood and five-wood and driver. Mm -hmm. And then for some odd reason, you decided to get a graphite-shafted wedge. So ask yourself a question. If you're swinging something and you get used to swinging your irons, let's say. Right. And then you pick up that graphite-shafted hybrid or the graphite shafted wedge, and they're lighter. Yep. The balance of those clubs is not the same, is it? Nope. So do you think that you would be able to wield the club at the ball in the same kind of way, at the same kind of timing? I hope uh, not. That's why I ask, because I need an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered where that question was really coming from. Uh, here's what I Let's did. Let's build First- this into the reason that – you want as a building a reason to go, oh, this is one more thing that gives me an excuse. And we give it the reason of, hey, why don't you get your stuff together instead of this hodgepodge of things that you're doing? The uh, the, the only question or I ask are is you suggesting that at some point, oh, let's say do a knee job on one of your irons and then you replaced it with another iron of said <laughs> number, but the wrong shaft didn't match up. Is that why we're doing this? Is it that was, the real? It was, it was nothing. No, it was, it was nothing that. That violent. You know, I, I've, I've been searching low these many years for a gap wedge. Yes. Because I have nothing for the 100 to 105-yard shot. I, yes. My lob wedge goes 65, my sand wedge goes 85, and my pitching wedge goes 115. In between 85 and 115, I was sunk. I had a gap, now, hence the title gap at wedge. Point did you, what point did you stop? chipping it up to the next distance so you can have a club. Uh, you know, if you're at that one club where you've got a gap and you know you don't have a club for that, you just chipped it forward for a little while and then you say, oh, i got a club for this. I'll take a full swing. <laughs> it, was, it was in that stupid quest to cut shots from my score that caused me to do <laughs> stop doing that. Um, so first, first thing I did is I went to one of those companies that advertises how great their their clubs are, but you can only buy them online. And oh, do they have an advertisement? Is it something along the lines of it's the same golf course out west where they have oh all no magic wedges? And oh all no, this was this was drivers? no, this wasn't magic anything. This was just oh. hey, this is a damn good club, but we sell them cheaply because we don't have to pay for. You know, shipping and all that kind of stuff to salespeople to put them in green grass stores. We sell directly to the consumer online. I'll, I'll tell them it was Bomb Tech. Okay, uh-huh. you've seen those guys out of Vermont, right? I have. Their clubs are pretty good. 
and then their their wedges looked nice and they had a great deal on a set 52 56 60 degree cost less than 100 bucks buy it i did they were steel shafted it was the only choice i had i couldn't swing them with any any kind of success um uh, because they were just so much heavier than my regular irons which are graphite shafted so right. i took those shafts i took those wedges out of the bag i put the original lob wedge and sand wedge from my ping set back in and then ordered a gap wedge 52 degree gap wedge from ben hogan again selling only online okay right uh they get very involved i probably should have called you first they get very involved when they ask you to set up your clubs online they ask you what kind of a grind you want, what kind of a shaft you want, and all this kind of stuff. I picked graphite thinking that was all I needed to do. The other con- the other choices confused me, so I just blew past them and said, okay, close your eyes, pick this one. It came yeah. the other day. It's a beautiful club. Substantially heavier, even with the graphite shaft, than my other wedges. And I find myself pulling it to the left all the time. It just does not – I can't swing it the same way. So there's a couple of things, right? It's possible that that wedge is a little bit more upright than it needs to be for you. Okay. That's a possibility, right? So when wedges are too far upright, the face angle is left for right-handed golfers. Okay. Because what will happen, right? You could sole the club flat on the ground and then the handle would be high. Right. And then the, and the face would be pointed straight at it, right? Yeah. But when you lower the handle to fit your hands, the, the toe goes up in the air and when you have a wedge that the toe goes up in the air, the face angle is actually facing left. Okay. You're right. That makes sense. Yeah. It, I try to make sense. Yeah. You know, because I know that, you know, I'm talking to. To me. Yeah. I understand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you notice? I, I'm going to. I wonder. If you actually did notice this, when you started to talk about the weight and if weight made a difference in how you swing, right? Mm-hmm. That we didn't get into the weeds about girth or, you know, <laughs> pop open the belt or anything. We didn't talk about any of those things, right? We went straight to club weight. Yes. Not not get the thin crust pizza and any of that no, stuff. <laughs> didn't say any of those things, right? I, yeah. Not a Jenny Craig comment anywhere in the picture. I appreciate right? that, man. You're well, losing. Sure. You're losing your touch. So as we're talking about weight, you should watch this thing, right? That you're gonna you're gonna watch the weight, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you're gonna do. Right? Well, I'm weight watching. So let's think this. about weight in terms of the club head. Where is it? What you know? There's this thing that that we talk about. We call swing weight. Mm-hmm. So that's like the balance point of the club and what it feels like in your hand when you heft and pick it up. So let's say that you've got an uber light shaft. Right. And you pick it up and it's got the same, you know, a head weight that's out there and you'll feel it all the way out at the end because the shaft is so light. The balance point of that shaft is shoved all the way toward the head, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you feel all that and that will have a heavier swing weight than say a shaft that has a heavy weight shaft with the same weight of head than a lightweight shaft. So if I put a really uber lightweight shaft in this head, I feel all the weight in the club toward the head. And that swings wildly different than if I put a heavyweight shaft in there, the weight all distributed 
through from my hands all the way down and the head swings differently and it's effectively got a lighter swing weight even though it's a heavier overall club have we just once again pointed out two discrepancies one being that one needs to really become familiar with the clubs in one's bag before one can play well and the other being that uh when you get serious about the game, you really should be serious about your equipment and get fitted? Yeah, we really have. Because when you talk about things like that, and I talk about things like that, the questions abound, right? Yeah. Well, what should I be? What should I do? How should I go about this? And the truth is, is that if you get club fit properly, by somebody knows what the heck they're doing, especially with wedges. Well, I, I shouldn't say especially, but we're talking about wedges, so I just mentioned it that way. Okay. But could you imagine, like you just mentioned, you bought three wedges and you found them to be too heavy to swing well. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not saying anything about your strength or lack thereof. It's a matter of what you get used to. Yeah, it's a comfort level. And what level. you can heft and what you can swing as is you have developed a certain feel in your hands and your arms and your body. Mm-hmm. to deliver a club down to a ball very well. And you've done it with graphite-shafted wide-body clubs so that you can thump the ground very beautifully with those wide-body clubs. And you could do a beautiful thing, and, and you have built your move around a lot of that. Right. And then you put something heavier weight in your hands, and now all of a sudden it threw off the timing and the tempo and the feel of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay, that's a big deal. So get fit, folks. So, John, next time you see that ad for fifty nine ninety five ninety nine, you probably want to resist that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, and go uh, go get 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 fitted or get fat, whatever the past tense is. Oh, well. sp- speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I think fat is also a present. Already got it? fat. You got that right. <laughs> Oh, man. Speaking, though, of wedges, uh, another very, very important aspect of the wedge game is spin. And we're going to delve into that, how to get it, when to get it, what to do with it when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. You know, I started using Liquid IV to hydrate myself this summer when it was real hot here in Kentucky. It was terrible. Sweating, you get dehydrated quickly. One stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water, and you hydrate much quicker and much better than just drinking the 16 ounces of water. And it tastes great. They've got all kinds of fruit flavors, but packed with vitamins. There's more vitamin C than an orange and as much potassium as a banana and less sugar than an apple. Can you believe that? And if you've spent too much time at the 19th hole... It's a great hangover cure. Because it's getting cooler, it's going to be less noticeable when you become dehydrated. So why don't you just make it a habit? One stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water, maybe before your round, during your round, right after your round, whatever. Grab your favorite liquid IV flavor nationwide at Walmart. Or if you want a discount, you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code GOLFGUYS at checkout. 25% off anything you order when you get better hydration today using promo code GOLFGUYS at liquidiv.com. 
Guys, do you wish there was a holistic solution that promoted both healthier hair and whole body wellness without drugs and prescriptions? Now there is. Nutrafol. Nutrafol is clinically shown to improve hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage while also supporting sex drive, better sleep, and less stress. Nutrafol is recommended by more than 1,500 top doctors. And why not? In a clinical study, men showed progressive improvement in hair growth and thickness after as little as just three months. You too can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code GOLFGUYS to save $15 off your first month subscription. That's the best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, there's free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and use the promo code GOLFGUYS. And we are here, those weekend golf guys, John Ashton in the studio, Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave, Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana, and uh, of course, was one of Golf Magazine's top 100 teachers, so where better to go to ask questions about spin? I have seen guys, I have played with guys, I played with an older gentleman, he was almost 80 years old, he could never reach a green, he was always short of the green in two shots or in, you know, in regulation, whatever the, the regulation was yet with his wedges, he could put the ball within two feet every single time. And the balls flew nice. They had maybe a low trajectory when they needed one or a high trajectory when they needed one. But the operative consideration was each time they hit and they checked up and they stopped magic. How do you do that? (laughs) He was not, forthcoming with the technique at all <laughs> don't watch me that's right turn around he was I'm like hit this shot turn oh, around don't watch it he was like oh you can't do this you want to play for money <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah so let's talk about that right how does that happen that well that's what i just friction. asked you man <laughs> friction okay friction all right That's what creates spin. So, John, take your hand and wipe it across your forehead. Go on. Right? Uh Uh-huh. Friction. Friction. Right? So, did your skin on your forehead move a little bit when your hand wiped across it? It did. Yeah. What do you think's happening to the cover of a golf ball when the club head wipes across it like that? It's moving? It's spinning. It's spinning. That's what creates it, right? Right. So, when people realize what this is, there's a, a club face angle at the time it hits the ball of whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But the spin is created between the difference in that angle and the direction that it's moving. So let's say, John, that you're presenting, let's talk about this like it's your, your 56 degree sandwich. Okay. Okay. And let's say that you deliver to the ball 56 degrees and it's coming in exactly horizontal to the ground. Okay. So let's say it's zero degrees down angle, mm-hmm. right? So it's moving into the ball with 56 degrees of up and zero degrees traveling down. It's just moving sideways across it, right? Okay. There's a difference there of 56 degrees, right? Yeah. Okay. Between the So that with- has a certain amount of friction, right? There's a difference between yeah. that. You can picture that. All right, so now try to imagine you're moving the club at, say, five degrees downward and you deliver 56 degrees 
So now there's a difference between those two things of five more degrees. That okay. makes sense? Yeah. The downward angle of the club itself, five degrees. Right. Coming down the And swing. so the downward movement of the club, it's right. 56 degrees in the air, but now it's moving downward five degrees. Gotcha. So now that 56 degree angle is imparting more spin on the golf ball because it effectively had a more difference between those two things. The, the club that's moving down five degrees and still presenting 56 degrees mm-hmm. grabs the ball and effectively spins it more okay. than the angle of 56 degrees moving at zero degrees across it, right? Right. So that's how spin is created. So then spin would be created by the steepness of the angle of the, of the swing. Versus the loft given. Of the club. Let's say that we have the same five degree down angle, but we turn the club face down five degrees. So we're only delivering 51 degrees of loft moving five degrees down. We don't have any more spin than we did if we were delivering 56 degrees at zero degrees. Okay. So it's the difference between the two gotcha. that we're talking about. Just like when we were talking about the slice, you have the difference in where the face angle is pointed, i.e. sideways, versus the way that it's moving, right? Right. So if it's not pointing in the direction that it's moving, and there's a difference between the two, we get friction on the ball, so we get spin. Right. But most of the time we talk about spin, we're not talking about it in terms of the back spin, unless we're talking about a short shot. In this case, a wedge shot where it's zipping around and stopping and all those things. We're usually talking about it in terms of slices and hooks. Mm-hmm. But spin is spin. The ball is just rotating about an axis, right? Right. So, so it's like a beach ball, right? So, John, you're bouncing a beach ball around. You know, you've seen it bounce around the crowds, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in the, the, the football stadiums and whatnot, and they got a beach ball bounce around, and somebody hits it, and they see the thing, and the colors just spin, spin, spin. Right. Well, it's because they swiped down to hit the ball and hit someone at the bottom of the ball and swiped on it with their hand, and then the ball just rotated off of that. And so you look at that, and you're like, oh, I understand how things spin. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, okay, how do we translate that into, I got a wedge in my hand, and I want to stop my ball. Right. <laughs> Right. Exactly. And that translation is not as easy as one might think it should be. Right. So let's let's find out a couple things first in the practice swing of the shot you're trying to play. Let's go find out if you do a little up and down move with the club, a pick it up and throw it down, kind of a steep angle of attack kind of a shot. Mm -hmm. Can you do that without sticking it in the ground? So the ball's got to be a little bit more forward to do that. Right. Because you still want to thump the club on the bottom of the ground, use the sole plate to thump the ground, but you still want to come in at a steep angle. So here we are. I want to deliver that five degrees or so down angle, but I still want my 56 degrees up in the face, and I want my club to land right at the bottom of the golf ball so I can hit it clean. So I'm going to use the bottom of the club, and I'm going to thump it on the ground with an up-to-down motion of the swing, and I'm going to find out where that is. Chances are very good. That'll be left of center, forward of center. That'll okay. be very good. In your stance, you mean? Right? The ball should be a little bit In forward the stance, right. of center. Okay. Right. So if you did that and you went up to down with that 56 degree club uh-huh. and you caught it cleanly because you thumped the spot right at the bottom of the ball, mm-hmm. the ball jumps up into the air off the club face because I delivered 56 degrees and all that mass of the club is down below the ball and it pops it up in the air. But boy, do I have a ton of spin because I had a lot of friction. 
because I didn't have any grass between the club face to reduce that friction. And I had a difference between the 56 degrees of angle and how much it was moving downward into it. So I created some spin. And then I had a clean club face and some scraped out grooves, right? So I didn't have a bunch of dirt in there. John, let me mention the fact that it's cleaning your grooves helps a lot. It's that groove thing. I know. You're, you're, you're looking at me like, oh, he's telling me I got to clean my clubs again. Supposed to clean those things, man. Think about that. You know those those awesome wedges that everybody gets new wedges and they just spit them off the planet. They're like, oh my God, I wish I had this all the time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Because sometimes you spin them too much, too much friction. There's one thing that that you say that makes perfect sense and it's common sense, but then so few golfers actually think about it. But watching where the club strikes the ground in the practice swing and using that to determine where you should put your ball is like genius. (laughs) (laughs) Why, thank you. Thank you very much. I'll take that compliment. Yeah. For the most common sense thing ever, hey, where's my club landing? That'd be a good spot to put the bottom of this golf ball, wouldn't it? It would It would almost be, you know, almost be perfect. It would seem like that would be very helpful. Yeah. Just from a common sense perspective, I want to strike the back of the golf ball just prior to the ground. So if I put the bottom of the ball right where my first, the club first touched the ground, I would actually strike the back of the golf ball first. So a, a lot have of have to run into that spot before it got to the ground. So a lot of people who want to put spin on their ball and they do it by putting the ball further back in their stance are doing it backwards. Well, what happens then is then the club's de-lofting, right? Because they push it down right. and they come in with that steep angle, but then they de-loft it. Yeah. And so they don't have as much differential between the angle it's moving down and the face angle itself. They may have taken away some of the differential. Right. They may have taken their 56 and turned it into a 48, but only delivered it on a five degree down angle. Next thing you know, they don't have nearly as much spin and the ball is going to project forward and jump on them. And they're going, why I couldn't get that thing to check. Yeah. I thought just by de-lofting it, that meant everything. Wait a minute. That's antithetical. Yeah. Yeah. We got a problem. Man. I just go with that whole physics thing. It seems to work all the time. Well, you know, so so few golfers actually do well in physics. You know, nobody told me I was going to when when I was sitting in physics class in high school thinking to myself, I'm never going to use this crap. Someone should have said golf. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish they would have. Yeah. It's like when I was sitting in geometry class, I said, I'll never use this thing. Go, you will if you play pool. I go, OK, well, that ends that. I'll never play pool. <laughs> <laughs> I hate geometry. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it makes so much sense is you hit, you hit the ball with the club, you know, natural loft, what you've got, you don't de-loft it or try to push it. So many of us also try to push it up. You know, we, we want to get it higher. So we, we try to lift it up and we wind up like twisting our, our upper body to the point where we, top the ball and it just we watch it scoot across the green and we have the same shot from the other side only this time it's from the rough <laughs> and and you, know you I, don't you know get spin from the guys rough when i watch them do that uh-huh you know what i say what you want to play for money <laughs> <laughs> you're that guy <laughs> yes indeed 
I'll bet you a hundred dollars <laughs> that you can't pull this off. <laughs> and you'd probably be right. So just to recap. And the first thing I would do is I would hit a really high lofted shot. Uh-huh. Because then they try to do that lift move even more because yeah. they think that really works. <laughs> I would have a really nice dinner on them. <laughs> yes, you would. It's, have you ever seen him make a bet and then call his wife going, honey, it's not pizza tonight. <laughs> All right. We're having burgers. <laughs> so, ooh, big time. So the, uh, the spin is imparted basically by just, just paying it again. Paying attention. Pay attention to where the club head hits the ground. Put the ball there and come in at a bit of an angle. And there you go. Come in more steeply with your shot. Uh, If you think this stuff helps, hang out because we've got some more great information coming up next. We are those weekend golf guys. You know, I started using Liquid IV to hydrate myself this summer when it was real hot here in Kentucky. It was terrible. Sweating, you get dehydrated quickly. One stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water, and you hydrate much quicker and much better than just drinking the 16 ounces of water. And it tastes great. They've got all kinds of fruit flavors, but packed with vitamins. There's more vitamin C than an orange and as much potassium as a banana and less sugar than an apple. Can you believe that? And if you've spent too much time at the 19th hole... It's a great hangover cure. Because it's getting cooler, it's going to be less noticeable when you become dehydrated. So why don't you just make it a habit? One stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water, maybe before your round, during your round, right after your round, whatever. Grab your favorite liquid IV flavor nationwide at Walmart. Or if you want a discount, you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code GOLFGUYS at checkout. 25% off anything you order when you get better hydration today using promo code GOLFGUYS at liquidiv.com. If you're like me, you've been hearing a lot about burials and cremation lately. It's kind of a sad thought, but thousands of these poor souls have to be stored in these big refrigerator trucks, waiting sometimes weeks before they can be put to rest. And then and then the average funeral cost is over ten grand. I don't have that kind of money just lying around, do you? Everyone has the right to die with dignity, and an affordable burial policy can be had for as little as a dollar a day. Call Final Expense Network for a free quote. They shop for affordable rates from brand name companies, folks you've heard of. One call and you get coverage to finish well. You can even name your church as a beneficiary. Come on, you have loved ones. Don't leave them at the last hour of their need. Call now, 800-589-0470. That's the Final Expense Network at 800-589-0470. Finish well. Make a quick call to 800-589-0470. 800-589-0470. Yeah, it is us. I'm back again. Those Weekend Golf Guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith at Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana. He's in the golf cave. I'm in the studio. He's been telling me how to put spin on the ball. Yeah. You made a meaningful statement when you said, as long as there's nothing between the club head and the ball, you can do that. So coming yeah. out of the rough, is it impossible to put spin or is it just a different technique? Well, it's not impossible, but try to imagine something wet, soft, and gooey in between the face of your club and the golf ball. Try to imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not friction. That's just something in between there. It's like a wet sponge. Right. 
So there's no friction being imparted or a lot less friction being imparted there. So a lot less spin going on. Yeah. So let's just think the easiest thing we can think about all the time. If you can get a club cleanly on the back of the golf ball, it's a heck of a lot easier to impart some spin than if you can't. Try to imagine this in the bunker, John. So let's say your ball's kind of like partially plugged or there's some fluffy sand right behind your ball. Mm -hmm. What are the odds of you getting a lot of spin on this? Slim to none. Very slim. Yeah. Yeah. So that shot right there is going to kind of come out running a little bit because it's going to have less spin. So you're still going to get it out, right? You're going to plow through the sand. Of course, you're going to try to take as little sand of that as possible, but you're going to plow through the sand and the ball's going to poof out and it's going to come out on this cloud of sand, but it's not going to have a lot of spin on it. Right. But what about the thing when John, it's, let's say it's rained a little bit beforehand, the sand's a little firmish ball sitting up in the sand. And now there's not a whole bunch of sand immediately right behind your golf ball because it's kind of sitting on top. Okay. Well, now all of a sudden, you can get a club cleanly on the back of this golf ball or close to it where you put this little sliver of sand, you know, gritty surface mm -hmm. uh, in between the face of the club and the golf ball. Now all of a sudden, you can put a lot of spin on the ball. Yeah. That makes sense? It does. It's like sandpaper, so to speak. Uh -huh. It's going right across the back of the ball. Next thing you know, you got a lot of spin. By coming out of the rough, you basically have, have counseled me to uh, to worry about loft and not yeah, rely on Yeah, trajectory is going to help you there more than spin if it's in thick rough. Yeah. Because of how cleanly you can get a club on the back of the ball, or can you not? And then position is so important, too, because usually to get out of the ball, to get out of the rough, you may have to come in faster well, than one would think to get the ball as far as it needs to get to get to the hole. Well, I mean, you, you've clearly understood, and, and I think every golfer understands this basic fact, is that if you're coming through the rough, you might want to take a practice swing or two mm -hmm. to find out just how grabby the grass is on your club. Because let's say it's um, in the springtime or it's just after a rain. The grass has a lot of density. There's a lot of water in the blade of the grass, which means this club's going to slow down, so you have to speed the sucker, the sucker up, right? Right, yep. Well, if you speed the sucker up, now you need more loft to offset that speed. Otherwise, it's going to stop. Yeah. Right? So you need to toss it a little higher on those. Now, if you have um, dry grass, hadn't rained in a while. Here it is, you know, middle of August or September, October sometime, and it's been dry. And the grass is there, and the club just breezes right on through it because there's no real friction. There's no real density of the grass slowing the club head down so now it doesn't have to go quite as fast you don't have to add nearly as much speed to the club so now you don't need quite as bit of loft because you can actually get a club on the back of the golf ball because there's not so much dense grass not enough wetness right between there not enough thick blades because it just doesn't have that much because yeah. the grass is drier which means you can get a club on the back of the golf ball and you can spin it quite a bit more because there's more friction okay these are our little nuances. See, I'm speaking French there. Little little subtleties that so few of us pay attention to. Because there's one way we've learned how to do something, and damn it, we're going to do it that way every time, whether it works or not. And unfortunately, there's an awful lot of people out there who actually know more than what they think they know. But because they're not trying to be their own caddy in like a common sense way, like, hey, why don't we step back and figure out what we ought to do right. with this shot before we just choose a club and go whack at it? 
how about we talk to ourselves in a nice way, John? No, don't use the <laughs> regular verbiage. Okay. Um, let's talk to ourselves and go, Hey, um, what's the best way to hit this shot? What am I going to have to do here? Where do I need to land this ball? What's the lie? What's it tell me? What's the best shot to get this club on the back of the golf ball? And how can I get that set? Yeah. And that's, that's all the questions you need, you, you need to run through. I mean, you should run through questions like that on every shot. You should. You should run, be your own caddy. Next thing you know, you'll talk yourself into better shots. Yeah. Especially if you ask yourself, you know, if you're, if you're having this uh, internal discussion and the, the question guy, the caddy uh, asks a question and the player guy gives a really moronic answer. If the caddy can then return the question and go, really, you really want to do that? You want to rethink that, buddy? <laughs> yeah. But I know that those conversations don't really go on in people's heads very often. <laughs> Although we have seen some people do that where you can tell because they're actually doing it out loud. And you think you've got two different people there. You've got, got a bipolar golfer going on here. So no longer do I play with. <laughs> the two of them. <laughs> it's supposed to be a foursome, not a fivesome people. Get over it. Uh, yeah, I mean, but it and it goes back to your litany of be prepared of know not only what shot to do but how to do the shot because there's a big difference between knowing what shot to do and how to do that shot because i can yeah. look and i say well i need to do this shot i wish i knew how <laughs> or or i wish i could i wish i was confident in knowing how i guess if i had done them a few times Maybe in a repeated venue, I might uh, I might be more confident. It's it's an interesting scenario because when you do something like that, where you just say, "I'm going to go to this location and I'm going to repeat this kind of a golf shot for a, a handful of times," yeah, yeah, you'd get some feedback, yeah, on the the technique that you used and the results that it it produced. If you just went and did that a handful of times and then actually paid attention to the results. Yeah. So then you could take that information and plug it into your little golfer brain. And when you went to the golf course, you'd actually be able to pull out that scenario because you had gone and done it repeatedly at another location. Right. <laughs> Voila. There you Look, go. A brand new shot that you now have control over. How easy can it be? Uh, I, I just got to tell you, I was but... playing. I was playing a course last Friday. The 18th hole had a beautiful water feature right in front of the 18th green, and behind the green, there was no room, no nothing. I was like almost 180 yards away, and I said, "You know, I'm not even going to try to get there." I'm going to lay up. And I did. And I was about 10 yards in front of the green, which put me about 15 yards in front of the pin. And I took my sand wedge and I hit it and it flew perfectly and it hit the green. I didn't see it happen, but my brother-in-law was with us and he saw it happen and he just looked at me with this look of astoundment on his face and said, I didn't think you had that shot. And I said, well, up until this very moment, I didn't. 
<laughs> but I hit it perfectly. Took a little bit of a divot after contact. Put put tremendous spin on the ball, hit it straight. It hit about five feet in front, bounced once, checked up, and rolled to about eight inches. That's and even fantastic. I made the birdie putt or the, the par putt because I had laid up. But I made the putt. I love that. Yeah. But it's like, I okay, so I know I can do it. Now I, all I have to do is figure out exactly how I did it so I can repeat it. You know, what's interesting is that it's possible to go to some location. Most golf courses have these little locations where you could go and hit said shot repeatedly to figure it out. Really? You might even take a notebook with you and write it down once you've figured out the, the routine that you would go through. Mm-hmm. Step go, one, wow, step if two. I did this, mm-hmm. I get this result. Uh-huh. Pretty interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I'd ever do that or not. Well, <laughs> I just wanted to know. It's, it's available to you as a golfer. Okay. It is one of those things that they do. Um, and generally speaking, the, the, the more the, the golfer does said thing, uh-huh. the generally speaking, the better they get. Yeah. And the lower and, and the score. a lot of different things. Usually it's when they, they go to do that thing on a repeated basis, mm-hmm. you know, they get more confident in, in what they're doing, in the shot that they've chosen to, to try out. It's it's really kind of fun because they, they play better golf because they get better because they actually did that sort of repeatable thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. I, I know that there's people that are really trying to get better at the game. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I'm an advocate of, of using that part of the golf course facility to go and hit those shots repeatedly. So how much and, extra uh, do you have to pay to use those parts of the facility, man? I, you know, I don't know. Sometimes it's it's really negligible amount. And sometimes there's, there's, they have these memberships that you could get. Ah. And you could just go use that part of the facility. It's, well, it's kind of a crazy concept. It's but really weird. And I understand that if you play, you can probably use that, that part for free. At no extra charge. Well, and a lot of places are like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know it's it's really kind of a, a cool concept where they get people to come and um, continue to do those things. And they even they take care of that ground that they use, you know, because it, it tends to get used by a lot of people who really are truly trying to get better. Mm-hmm. They actually use it and then they replenish the grass and they make, you know. Yeah. Sometimes they resod it and sometimes they just reseed it. Because it, it tends to get used by, you know, people who really want to do it yeah. and get it better. Yeah. It's it's kind of fun. On some days, that place actually has a lot of traffic, and the golf course might not have as much traffic. I've seen that happen. Speaking yeah. of which, let me ask you a question that just popped into my head. Yeah. How different is it hitting a ball off of a mat than hitting it off of grass? Well – so in my in the golf studio, I've got mats and yeah. I don't have grass. Yes. So it, I think there's a couple different kinds of answers here. Okay. If you're the kind of golfer who has say, let's say, repeated this golf swing enough times mm-hmm. to land their club at the bottom of the golf ball, there's virtually no difference. Okay. And the reason is that the ball is off the face so quickly. Okay. And there was in both scenarios, the club ran into the golf ball before it ran into anything below it. Right. 
So that was the primary influence on the ball. So for those people who have repeated um, a numerous times where they can land the club in the right spot, there's very little difference between hitting it off the mat and hitting it off the ground. Okay. All right, but for those who um, are practicing on the ground and they and they hit behind it a little bit, depending on the quality and type of mat you hit, whether it represents the ground and gives away right. a little bit, or if it's firmer, it might bounce into it. So at that point, wherever you land the, the club, mm-hmm. now there's a distinct difference okay. between hitting it off the ground and hitting it off a mat. Gotcha. Okay. And the type of mat that it is. Okay. So just, again, just go to that place where you can make it so that you can repeat that swing. Yes. And see you in the, and we, we, we divulge the concept without ever saying the word. I know. He who shall not be named. <laughs> we shall be right back. <laughs> we are those weekend golf guys. Hang with us. Is there anything better than sweating out a win in the fourth quarter and coming away with cash in your pocket? Well, at my bookie, there is. Make your first deposit and receive double your money before ever placing a bet with my bookie. That's a dollar for dollar match on whatever you throw down up to a thousand bucks. And you can use that extra scratch to get in on all the biggest games of the week, including tonight's matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, with two of the most explosive offenses in the NFL going toe to toe, you know the over is going to be a great bet. And as if you needed another reason to head to mybookie.ag to celebrate the start of the MLB playoffs, mybookie is hosting a $20,000 blackjack tournament that is absolutely free to enter. Winning season is here, so get in the game and get to mybookie.ag now. That's mybookie.ag, not .com, not .net. Use the promo code GOLFGUYS to get your double deposit bonus. That's promo code GOLFGUYS with no spaces, and you can double your funds to double your winning. Bet anything, anytime anywhere with my bookie tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 50 generic Sildenafil pills for just $99. Call 800-705-4051. That's 800-705-4051. Again, 800-705-4051. Before we get back into things here, I just want to recommend a podcast to you. It's called The Approach Shot. A little selfish on my part. I'm the co-host, along with a gentleman named Daniel Michaels. We talk to famous, not-so-famous, and infamous people who play golf. We've talked to guys like Gary Reasons from the 86 uh, Super Bowl-winning Giants. We've, we've talked to some of the guys who are responsible for the Golf Channel at ApproachShot.net or anywhere you find podcasts. And we are here a few moments yet. John Ashton along with Jeff smith jeff is in the golf cave and we've been talking about spin how to get it when to get it the bump and run i mean when, when, when do you decide when to do the spin with the checkup and the bump and run thing there's a good answer for this okay okay so let's think do i have to fly it up over something or can i go low and bounce and roll it there trying to get it on the green and that's one of the things is the situation that i'm in right does it dictate me tossing the ball up in the air higher and softer yay or nay and if i have the option to go low and roll it up there, I might take that option if it's available. And then the next option is how close is the hole? And is it uphill or level or downhill to where I am? So if it's a long way away and downhill, 
I might okay. do a little bump and run and treat it like a putt. I might. But if it's downhill and close to me, there's not a chance in the world I'm going to do it because the hill going downwards is already going to push the ball more forward, more forward, more forward. Yeah. So now I need something soft and la- I need a soft landing. So I need to pop that one up into the air and let it trickle. Depending on the downhill versus uphill nature of the shot. Gotcha. Uh, if it's a long one that's level, chances are really good I'll use that shot because I like it. It can go on like a, a bump it up there and, and roll like a putt. There's also a time to use that in where you're very comfortable with that shot if you had a choice. Let's say the situation presented itself that you could pull off a high soft shot, a medium trajectory or and roll a little bit shot or a lower shot that rolls a lot. Now all of a sudden, which one do you have the most confidence in at that second? Pick that one. If the situation gives you the opportunity to choose anything, choose the one that you're the most confident in right then. Choose the one that you've probably repeated most often at that special place at the golf course. Yeah. Generally speaking, there's an area over there that sometimes they have a green and a bunker nearby, and Mm -hmm. sometimes there's rough nearby, and sometimes there's a little strip of ferry nearby that. There's all kinds of things that that are available. How about that? What a novel concept. Uh, You can have more novel concepts, too. JeffSmithGolfInstruction.com. You can uh, check us out anytime at ThoseWeekendGolfGuys.com. Facebook.com slash GolfGuys is the Facebook page. The group, we want you to join our group. Become one of the gang at the uh, League of Extraordinarily Average Golfers. We have a good time over there. So check us out there, too. And uh, until next week, go to that place where you can hit shots repeatedly and hit some shots repeatedly. Get a little good and then go out and play some golf.